show up every single day. Do something every single day. And the way I put it is, if you lay one brick every day, eventually you're going to have a castle. And that is just, that's so what is that? That's consistency. You said it a minute ago, following through on what you say you're going to do and having trust. And, and that comes with being consistent and following through on what you're going to say. People trust you then. Like it, my clients know that if they, they can call me on a Sunday and I'm going to answer the phone and I'm going to help them out. Whether it's, it could be the silliest thing in the world, but I'm still willing to help them out. And that's what I think a lot of people run into. And I've run it. I'm sure you have too. When you like, you know, you call up somebody, Hey, can I have the, well, that's not really my job. And you, you go in this circle wheel of pat getting passed around all these different people. Well, if someone, if a client needs my help with something, it might not necessarily be what my exact job is, but I'm going to do the best thing that I can to help them out. Welcome to today's episode of The In Factor. I'm Rebecca White, and my guest on today's episode is Aaron May. After graduating with a bachelor's degree in sociology from Florida State University, Aaron went on to begin his career as a tennis professional, working in the tennis industry until he became the director of tennis at Esplanade Golf and Country Club. Aaron applies an entrepreneurial mindset in life and in work, and in 2019, saw an opportunity to pivot into a full-time career as a self-employed realtor. Today, Aaron is a leading realtor at Coastal Luxury Partners, representing some of the region's finest properties. Listen in as we talk about the importance of finding opportunity, taking action and executing past failure. Aaron, thank you for joining me today on The In Factor. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Thanks, how are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. And I'm excited to talk to you. Um, it's always fun for me to uh, meet young entrepreneurs who um, are, you know, have achieved a lot at an early age and kind of hear their story about how they apply an entrepreneurial mindset to what they're doing. And uh, yours is a really interesting story. And you're selling luxury real estate now, and you're, you're young. Yes. Uh, a lot of times people are a uh, little older when they kind of get the opportunity to step into a space like this that can be really lucrative. Uh, but you, you found yourself here at a, a young age. And so I'm just curious, how did you get to this point um, at such a, a young age as a, you know, selling luxury real estate and reaching, um, you know, good, great success uh, with what you're doing. Oh, yeah. You, you know, it's, uh, it's funny. I, I'm young. I'm 33. But my I always tell people I played professional tennis, you know, my whole life. Like the first half of my life growing up was just playing um, professional tennis and trying to be the best in the world. And it was dedicated solely to that purpose. And so my body is a lot older than my age. It feels like sometimes uh, it takes a beating out there. But you know, I I got into it. Like I said, I was doing tennis, and I kind of got into the real estate thing out of necessity um, more than anything else. Just I, so I was working at I was working at the club um, over here at Esplanade, and I was the director of tennis for a number of years, and it just. COVID happened. So everything got shut down. It was crazy times. My daughter's about to be born, my first daughter. 
And she just, I was like, okay, I'm going to go get a clean bill of health. And because she's about to be born, my dad was my doctor growing up. So it was, it was just a matter. He was always just like, you're fine. You're going to be fine. That was my checkup. So I hadn't had a checkup in like 15 (laughs) years. So I was like, okay, let's get a clean bill of health here just for peace of mind. And let's see what's happening. So I said, it got set up with a primary care doctor. And then from there I just went and he's like, you know, what he's like, what do you do for a living? I know I play tennis my whole life. I'm te- blah, blah, blah. I'm tennis director. He goes, you ever go to the dermatologist? I said, no, I've never, never done that. And he goes, you're absolutely insane. You've never gone to the dermatologist. You've been in the sun your whole life. You got red hair and freckles. Uh, you're, I'm sending you a dermatologist. He writes me the script and we go and the guy, you know, did one biopsy on my back. He said everything was good. But other than that, and uh, I got a melanoma diagnosis. So that was two weeks before she was born. I'm freaking out. I'm going, this can't be happening. You know, they're talking about if we can't get it, you're going to have to do chemo. and We're going to biopsy your lymph nodes to make sure it hasn't spread. And I'm going, this is not reality right now. So, um, you know, just before that, I had just gotten my real estate license because of COVID and everything shut down. And I'm like, well, I need a backup plan because I don't know what's going to happen. And we, nobody knew what it was yet. It was still, you know, just coronavirus. It wasn't even COVID-19, I don't think yet. So I was like, I'm going to get my real estate license and uh, start working towards that. And then the melanoma thing, I was just like, okay, this is other forces at work telling me that I need to make a shift. And I'm big on that. Just really reading into those, like those signs saying, okay, you need to make a shift. And that was really my motivation to get out of the sun and kind of work my way off the court into another line of work. Yeah. Wow. You know, uh, it's, it's an amazing story. Um, it's not totally unique because a, a lot of people, I think, find that a, a big life-changing event like this, good or bad, and you had both, right? In, <laughs> right. Right. In a matter of a short time, plus all the stress of, of what we were all going collectively through with the pandemic. So that must have been a real challenging time and, and, um, you know, a real wake up call for you in many ways, as you said. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and, and, uh, that can happen at any stage to any of us. And so what I love about that story is that you took that and you turned it into something positive for yourself. And, um, Thankfully, now you're cancer-free and you're seeing the dermatologist, I'm sure, regularly. <laughs> yes, every three months. Yeah. You know, I, I never saw a dermatologist much until I moved here to Florida. So now that I'm in Florida, I, I do, I, I'm much more frequent with that. But um, it's Good. one of the prices we pay for, for living here in paradise, right? Sunshine state. <laughs> That's right. But I'm I'm just thrilled. Congratulations on your daughter. And, Thank you. Uh, and and what a what a ride I'm sure the last few years have been. Oh yeah. Um, as you transitioned into a new career and with a new daughter and uh, a new life. So um, so tell tell us a little bit about what you do. You you know everybody understands real estate, and Florida here. Um, you know real estate's been big business for a long time. Uh, but I'm just curious, just talk a little bit about how, I guess, how you transitioned mm-hmm. into real estate, whether you okay. kind of did this uh, all at once or whether you kind of, a lot of people sell real estate a little bit at a time till they figure out that they've got this, the, you know, the skill set for it. Uh, but there's usually licensing involved and other kinds of things. So talk, talk through how you made that transition and what that required of you. Okay. Yeah, sure. I, uh, you know, like I said, I got my license kind of 
it, I was started working on it just before COVID because I, you know, I was just like, I like to pick up different certifications on things and, you know, I have my boat sales license. Um, I got my license to sell life insurance years ago when I was like 25 and, um, didn't really like that business at all. Uh, it's a great business, but it just wasn't really my, my area. So, you know, I, I started off, it was just kind of like, yeah, you know, I, I'm teaching people all the time on the tennis court and it was just kind of, yeah, yeah. You want me to sell your house? And, you know, people that at a country club that play tennis, they're, you know, a little bit more well off than, you know, some other, some other people usually in other areas, you know? So that's kind of where, you know, I got into the higher end of things, maybe a little more quickly than some other people do. But it was just kind of like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm talking to people all day long, having conversations and growing up playing tennis too played a huge factor. And I traveled the world. I saw so many different cultures, met so many different people from all different walks of life and just had a good skill set for, you know, I pride myself on being a people person and really uh, I love talking to people. I love relating to people. And that went well with my tennis job. And so it just kind of transitioned into, hey, you know, I, I also have this that people talking to me about selling properties they want they're taught you know they end up you become more than just a coach you become kind of their counselor or their you know uh you know their friend i have a lot of people that i used to coach that are great friends one's like a second grandmother to my daughter and you know all and they you know hey i'll sell your house for you and you do this here and there and um eventually there was a big motivator obviously when i got the melanoma thing to go, okay, I need to kick this into overdrive and do it a little bit more. And finally just got busy enough to, okay, now I can transition. I can do this full time. And, you know, I still hop out and coach here and there a couple of people because I love to be on the court and I don't ever want that to not be a part of my life. Um, it's a huge passion of mine, obviously, but it's, yeah, that was, that's kind of how it happened. It started off gradually and then just built it and built it and built it. And, um, you know, using social media, I've been big on that with other businesses and people that I've worked with things that I've done on as like, kind of like side gigs growing up, you know, um, when I, when I was in my, you know, the YouTube and all that kind of stuff, I always joke with my, my friend, he's a business partner and another thing that I do. We're always like, man, if we had YouTube, when we started doing stuff 10 years ago, it'd be a totally different ball game. You know, you didn't have YouTube, you didn't have Instagram was just you posted pictures and uh, you didn't even have hashtags or anything like that. So um, that really my gaining a knowledge on that also helped me accelerate kind of um, getting more business. Yeah. So there's a lot there to dig into. But one of the things that <laughs> I'm really interested in is this, uh, you know, as you were talking, you mentioned several different side hustles and Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, were you the, first of all, were you the kind of kid that always was selling stuff when you were young or is this something that, uh, just later when you had the sort of the necessity to pay bills or, or wanted to make extra money, it's just the way you did it. I mean, have you always had mm -hmm. an entrepreneurial mindset? Oh yeah. I mean, I, so <laughs> I've always said like, you know, I don't want to end up working for someone else. I always want to work for myself, but when, yeah, when I was a kid, you know, Honestly, from six years old, I was really dedicated to tennis. So I didn't have a lot of time. But when I did, I remember having, you know, get with the neighbors, do the lemonade stand or go around and take junk out of the garage and try to sell it to neighbors. Or I remember one time it was a big lesson. The woman um, next that lived next door to us, we lived in Fort Myers when I was a kid. And she offered, she goes, hey, I want you to weed my pool deck and I'll give you 20 bucks. 
And it took me all day. It was the most <laughs> disgusting pool deck that you've ever seen. And I'm battling, I'm like, you know, what, eight years old. And I'm battling lizards and pulling these weeds and I'm sweating and I'm going, this is, you know, I was like, I need more than 20. I'm thinking in my head, there's got to be a better way to make 20 bucks. So yeah, kind of, I've kind of done that, you know, growing up and I've always wanted to, you know, I, I don't want, I, I don't know how to say it, but I, you know, I'm, I've always butted heads with people that I've worked for because I just feel like, you know, I feel like I can figure out a better way to do this or that. And it, not, you know, not that my way is the best way all the time, but I've always had that. And I feel like people, you know, I've just always butted heads when I've worked for somebody and, or my coach in college, we butted heads all the time. And it's just, I'm just better off being able to do things when I want to do them. Cause I like to get things done quick. I like to move. I like to get things, you know, I like to keep it moving and I'm working all the time. And, uh, it's just a lot of people don't run that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have a, a son that, that is that way. So <laughs> I understand it completely. I'm and, sure you're uh, that way. Some, yeah. I mean, you've wrote, you've written a book, you've done all this amazing stuff. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You know, I've been an educator a lot of my life, but I, it's never been, uh, what defined me, I guess. I've always done a lot of things on the side and I've always kind of, uh, gotten in trouble, you know, at work <laughs> I'm, I'm always pushing the envelope. So yes, I totally get it. I totally get it. So, but I love, um, you know, I love, I love the way that you've transitioned it into something that, um, you know, you're excited about and you're passionate about, but it sounds like you continue to always look for opportunities to yes, do something. So I'm, I'm really curious about your mindset around opportunities. What, uh, what, how do you define an opportunity that's worth, you know, investing your time and your money, um, you know, whatever resources you have to invest in it. And there's always mm -hmm. an investment, even sure. if it's time only. So what, you know, how do you figure out uh, what is really an opportunity and, and how do you define that for yourself? Well, time is definitely, you know, people talk about money and investments, but you, you hit it on the head. You know, time is such a huge factor. And, you know, I've got my calendar planned out to the half an hour every single day, you know, including family time. Uh, just And I just go by that and I live by that. So time is huge for me in terms of investing. It's like, okay, how much time can I dedicate to this? And, but for me, for opportunities, it's, does it, it's more beyond how lucrative is it going to be? I've, you know, I've did that when I was younger and it was just like, let me do, Oh, I can make, you know, my brother, um, when I was in college had a production company where we threw concerts and things like that. And he, and it was a great opportunity to make money. I'm like, yes, I spent a whole, I go, he goes, we're throwing four parties in Panama city over spring break this month. And I was like, okay, I'm going to move in with you for a month. And I, we're going to grind, grind, grind just for the money. And I really didn't enjoy it at all. And the money was okay, but that kind of taught me the money is kind of, it's always, for me, it's a side effect of passion. And if you, so I look for opportunities. I look for something that I'm interested in and that I enjoy doing or that I care about. And that allows you, I think, to get your highest quality product out of yourself and out of whatever it is that you're doing. And the money People have a sense of that, that, oh, this person cares about it. You could, whether they know it or not, you can sense it, right? And that the money becomes a side effect of doing good work and being passionate about what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. I've heard, uh, I've heard it described that we can either 
chase fame, fortune, or freedom. And I think mm -hmm. what you're describing is the freedom to do what you love and what makes you happy. Um, yes. And sometimes we're, and most of the time, if we do that, as you pointed out, and we do it well, um, there is money that comes along with it. But um, I thought that was a great way to think about it, you know, um, because uh, sometimes we compare ourselves to other people. And if we're mm -hmm. comparing oh, yeah. ourselves, you know, if somebody else is, is, is pursuing fame, but we're pursuing, um, you know, freedom, we might have very different outcomes and it's not a fair comparison. So I think it really, Absolutely. yeah, it's helpful to get, to get, get clear on what, what matters. And, and what I hear you saying is that you want the freedom to do what you want and to do it the way you want. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which, That's right. Unless, unless someone comes to me and, and like, I am very open-minded too. Don't get it wrong. Like if someone comes to me and they go, look, this can be done this way and it's going to have this effect. I'm going to go and it's better. I am going to be the first person to go. That's better. Let's do it that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't, yeah, it's not my way or the highway ever. You know, I, some, there's always somebody out there that can do it better than me. I promise you. Yeah. And, well, <laughs> and that's a really healthy way to look at it always to be learning, you know, and that's, that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons I love this podcast. Cause I'm always learning, uh, you know, from other people, uh, uh, through their experiences and their stories. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about, um, about, uh, I guess what I would call courage to take action. You know, a lot of people come up with ideas and they find opportunities, but they don't take those steps. And a lot of it comes, what I've learned over the years from a fear of not, not knowing what to do. So how do you approach it when you find an opportunity that you want to pursue? Um, mm -hmm. You know, how do, how do you get yourself ready and prepared and, and get, I guess, the confidence to take that you know, those steps that are necessary. Sure. It, it, you know, that's tough because you do have doubts and you have to think about a lot of things. And, you know, in the past couple of years, I've turned down other tennis director positions from different clubs that people have approached me like, Hey, can you come? We want to hire you for this. We want to hire you for that. And they're great. They'd be great. But then it was always, I always said to my wife, I'm like, I'm not going to do it because I know that this is the way I need to go, that forces at work have pushed me this direction. So to take action first, I want like, if there's something that catches my interest, I go and we have so much technology and so much access to information, which, you know, can cause analysis paralysis for a lot of people. But I go and I want to learn as much about it as I can. Uh, first of all, I want to see, okay, what's this all about? And I just want to learn. And I'm just like, and like I find out something new that I like, and it's just like this information intake. I'm watching all the videos, I'm listening to all the podcasts, I'm reading all the books, and I learn it all. And then I might not even do it, but now I have this knowledge base, you know, uh, you know, growth mindset type thing. And it's just, uh, I'm I'm a spiritual person. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily like a Christian or anything. I actually, in layman's term, I guess you could say I'm a Buddhist. Uh, I do. I meditate every day. And when there's a big decision to make, I've really learned a lot from that being able to just go with what does your gut tell you to do? And you just have to trust it. You just, it's very hard because you get so in your brain and there's so many, there's always going to be negative things in your head. There's always going to be downside. Um, but you know, you just got to know that whatever decision you make, that's the right one. In the end, you were always going to make that decision. And that's always going to be the right one because think about where you are today. 
every decision you make, I'm sure there's a ton of them that you thought was the wrong decision, but that wrong decision got you here. So I just, if my, I go with my gut, uh, plain and simple, if it feels right, I'm going to go with my gut and I'm going to do it. And if it doesn't work out, what's the word, um, you know, is it going to kill me? No, most likely not. I hope not, but it it's, you know, worst case scenario, I'm going to learn from it. And that I've had so many failed ventures that I've tried or, you know, that, or that I say failed, but, uh, you know, I've learned so much from them and it's just gaining knowledge and continuing to move forward. And that's entrepreneurship, right? You know, that you're going to, every failure you learn from it and that gets you closer to the win. You only need, you can have a hundred failures. You only need one win. And that's something else that tennis taught me too. You know what I mean? Look at the, if you look at the pro tennis players, guys in the top 20, some of them have losing records but they're in the top 20 and it's just, you just keep going. You learn from what you learn. How did I lose this match? Okay. I'm going to go get, I got to go get better at my backhand. I need to go get better at my serve. Okay. I was, my mindset was totally off. I need to get with a coach and we need to work on my mindset. And then you learn from it and you get better. Yeah. Uh, well, I love that because it <laughs> lot, you mentioned my, my, you know, being a book author and mm -hmm. my book, See, Do, Repeat, that's what it's all about. I, uh, I got it on order on Amazon. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, you're going to see yourself in that book because it's all about this recognizing opportunity, taking action and executing past failure, which is what we have to do. And, Love that. You know, and, and learning is a big part of it. In fact, I dedicate a whole chapter to learning because every entrepreneurial concept or idea is really just an experiment. We have to go out and learn it and prove it or disprove it and then move on. And I mean, you said it very, very well. You know, you mentioned a lot of, uh, you, you transitioned into real estate um, and that you were already getting, um, you were getting requests from people or you were advising people on, on homes and real estate. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm I'm really curious about networking because that's another um, it's another chapter in my book and it's another topic that uh, that uh, is important uh, for entrepreneurs and um, you know I know in the tennis industry you would have an opportunity to meet a lot of people and oh, yeah. um, and and um, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about the role your networks have played and continue to play and maybe even a little bit about whether or not you've had any mentors. I know you've had coaches along the way, so you definitely understand this mentoring, uh, this mentoring and coaching um, aspect as well. So, so talk to us a little bit about networks and about coaching and mentoring. Sure. And, uh, you know, in, in real estate, you know, network is you, everybody's sort of networks, your net worth. Right. right. And that is, it's huge. You know, I, I've had, I've been very fortunate. Like I said, I've played all around the world and met so many people and it's just, and now with, with Facebook and all the social media and all that, it's very easy to keep in touch with people. And, you know, I might've sloughed off on that year, a few years ago, you know, kind of got off of it and was like, I need a, you got to take a break sometimes from that stuff sure. because you, you alluded to it earlier, actually, in terms of we're always comparing ourselves to people and that is such an easy way to do it. But you got, it's cause there's so much fake stuff out there. Someone can look so successful, but they're not, they're just fooling you. And you people compare their lives and they're all the time. It's actually a huge problem, but it it's the network is so important. And I've had a huge opportunity obviously with people teaching tennis. You meet so many people 
And, you know, they like you from that. And I, when I started teaching, I had two, three hours a week of people. And then when I got out of it, I was at 50 hours a week, you know, of just being on the court teaching wow. and, and no advertising, nothing, just doing, just being passionate about it, you know, and letting it carry over and letting people do that. And that it's kind of the same thing. You know, I take every opportunity I can to meet people. I don't ever, I look at everyone as an opportunity to not like, oh, this could be a client, but as an opportunity to, I want, let me get to know this person. If I'm standing in line at the grocery store, hey, I like that, you know, don't be afraid to talk to people. Hey, I like that shirt. I, you know, oh, is that an LSU shirt? You know, I, you know, I got a college offer at LSU. And then you're, oh, my son goes there, blah, blah, blah. I worked at IMG down here in Bradenton. That was my, one of my first jobs out of college uh, that brought me down here from Tallahassee. And, you know, you see people all the time wearing the shirts. I'm like, oh, you know, what sport do you play? Or, oh, do your kids go there? And you start conversations. I actually have a goal. Um, it's in my phone every day. It goes off and it's on my to-do list on the phone. And it's I, to meet five new people every single day. And it's just whether, just whether, like I said, I'm dropping off an Amazon package at UPS. I had a great conversation just last week with a woman um, she turned around and she complimented my tie. And then we just started talking and turns out, you know, she really just needed somebody to talk to. She was going through a tough time. We, and we hashed it out right there in UPS. I was not expecting that, but then, you know, and then she's like, you know, I have a friend who's going to, who, who's moving, look, I'm moving down here. I'm total. I'm definitely going to pass her on your information. And you just never know what's going to come out of a conversation with people. And there's a great quote from a realtor who, you know, um, Ryan Surhan actually is huge realtor. You've probably heard of him. And I love his quote of people don't like being sold, but they love shopping with friends. And that really resonates with me in terms of, I just want to make as many friends as, as possible and whatever business comes out of that comes out of that. And that's how I approach my network. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. And you're right in, in your space. Um, you know, it's, I'm sure it's got to be uh, one of the most important skills for a realtor is to listen and to be able to understand other people because you want to, you want to find the right house for someone, right? You want to, you want to, so, um, you know, what I heard you say, you wanted to meet a lot of people, but you're also, I think a good listener, which means that you're, you're paying attention to what people are saying. And, and that's a skill I think that, that a lot, most all of us could, could spend some time working on. Oh, um, you never, you never stop, you know, and, uh, not to, cut you off or anything, but I wanted to remember that absolutely listening is in, in sales in general, listening to what they're saying and just being able to connect with someone on some level just gives you such a good foundation in relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something, you know, doing this podcast that I've learned over the years is because I always start with several questions I'm going to ask, but our conversation always goes, uh, as you said earlier, it goes where it's supposed to go you know? Yes, ma'am. And, and that really has to do with two people connecting and, and, uh, and, and listening to each other. Now, I mentioned coaching and mentoring. Have you had mentors in your life? Uh, and I'm sure you've had some coaches that have had an impact oh, yeah. on you. But uh, in terms of your business and your business mind, have you, have you also had, had mentors? And maybe some of those tennis coaches have, been, have taught you things that you've applied in your work. 
I would sure say, yeah. oh yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt, you know, um, coaches taught me so much about work, work ethic. My dad was a huge work ethic guy and he just out, look, he, every, everything he ever said to me was just, you have to outwork them. If you just, if you, you have to outwork them, you outwork them. There's someone somewhere. He, he always said, there's a kid in India right now. If I was, if I was playing a video game, you know, there's a kid in India now right now practicing his serve. And you're going to have to play him one day. And it'd be like, God, darn it, he's right. You know, and then I go practice my serve. And it's just it, that kind of thing is just I always think about outworking people. And when I don't feel like doing something, I'm going, you know what, there's somebody out there that's willing to do this. And it's commitment. And, you know, there are coaches that have had an impact on me in terms of talking about Pete Sampras. Um, it's not a personal relationship but he he really hit, watching him work and go about how he played tennis was so inspiring to me how he just he didn't need all the flashiness he just did the work put in the time stayed focused on his goals and everything else kind of came to him so that was huge and then I also have a couple other clients that have been that I've met that have been very successful in businesses you know one guy started a huge tech company and now he's just out of control money and he's he still strings rackets for people on the side just because he likes to do it and you would never know that this guy's worth as much as he's worth by talking to him he's like the most down-to-earth guy but he's talked he we've had some really meaningful conversations in terms of commitment to what you're doing and that's really the key word big key word for me is when i start doing something i'm committed to it and it goes back to you know jumping in like you talked in earlier how do you make a choice it's like if i'm going to make a choice i'm going i'm going all in there's no like, oh yeah, I'll I'll throw a little bit of time into this. We're going in and we're going to do it as best as we can do it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I I love that you brought up commitment because I got that advice a long time ago from before I started doing my podcast. But I I was still always I've always been interviewing people when I talk. Oh to really? Them. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I love. I've always I've always done that a lot because I'm just curious and interested in other people and their perspectives and what I learn. And uh, this very successful entrepreneur, when I was living in Cincinnati, you know, I asked him one time, well, you know, what's the key to success? And he had sold his company and uh, it, 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 eventually it went public. Um, and didn't, he didn't sell it, but his company eventually went public and he, you know, made him very wealthy and very successful. And I'm he sure. said, <laughs> in his, in, he said in his experience, it was commitment and it was always doing what you say you were going to do. So when you commit to something, um, you know, people build, uh, can gain trust in you and that trust is so valuable and, um, you know, broken trust is really hard to heal. But, um, you know, when you have trust, people will work with you and they want to work with you. And I think that goes hand in hand with that commitment that you're talking about. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more. Now, you brought up role models, which are also very important in entrepreneurship. So there are coaches and mentors that we have personal relationships with, but there are people that inspire us. And that's something that we try to do through a lot of the stories. And I think a lot of the listeners that I have um, would be very interested in real estate, the business of real estate. So sure. I'd love to take a few minutes to ask you about the business of real estate. What, what does it mm -hmm. take to be successful in real estate? What have you learned so far? Uh, I'm sure you're continuing to learn every day, but what have you learned so far uh, 
um, in terms of what it takes to be successful? Sure. You know, it's not really different from a lot of the things we've already talked about go into that success. And it's not different from any other profession or field of work or whatever you want to do, art, um, anything else. And for me, anyway, and everybody's got their own path, their own way to do it. But for me, the success is one. And, and this, this is something that I live my life by every single day. And I preach it to people that you know, that I kind of mentor and things like that. And it's show up every single day, do something every single day. And the way I put it is, if you lay one brick every day, eventually you're going to have a castle. And that is just, that's so what is that? That's consistency. You said it a minute ago, following through on what you say you're going to do and having trust. And, and that comes with being consistent and following through on what you're going to say. People trust you then. Like it, my clients know that if they, they can call me on a Sunday and I'm going to answer the phone and I'm going to help them out, whether it's, it could be the silliest thing in the world, but I'm still willing to help them out. And that's what I think a lot of people run into. And I've run it. I'm sure you have too. When you like, you know, you call up somebody, Hey, can I have the, well, that's not really my job. And you, you go in this circle wheel of pat, getting passed around all these different people. Well, if someone, if a client needs my help with something, it might not necessarily be what my exact job is, but I'm going to do the best thing that I can to help them out or at least get them moving in the right direction and going. So following through on what you're going to say, showing up every day, whether you feel like it or not, right? Staying disciplined, sticking to your schedule and doing what you say you're going to do are huge in being successful. And then also too, just never stop learning, having a growth mindset, always learning new things, right? I'm all, and especially today, I mean, social media is so important in everything. And then in real estate too, I mean, I had no idea about, I, I'm not a big, you know, sit there and scroll kind of person really, but I had to learn it because that's where you get a lot of people where they they see your videos, you're constantly posting, and that's where they can learn. People you don't know start can learn to trust you and say, this person knows what they're talking about. They need to see you. And being consistent at that is the same thing. I, I didn't know. I don't know how TikTok works. So what I do, I go and learn as much as I can about how TikTok works. And now I get leads from TikTok. You know, it's just a matter of consistently learning and showing up and putting in the work. There's no shortcut or magic recipe. You just have to put in the work and be consistent. That's my advice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great advice. And is most of you, you brought up social media and some of the technology that we have today. Oh, there yeah. are so many things going on with technology. You know, I, I find it really exciting. Um, you know, everything that's happening with, with blockchain and with AI and, um, you know, AI is nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, are you finding any, uh, you know, uh, what kind of technology uh, opportunities are you seeing there in the real estate space? And, and you know, you mentioned social media. And of course, we're all pretty familiar with that. But sure. are there other are there is there other technology in the space that you're finding helpful at this point? Um, or do you see opportunities for businesses in, you know, technology and real estate? Oh, property absolutely. Tech, property tech, that's what they call it. <laughs> yeah, prop property tech, tech. <laughs> prop tech, I guess. Yeah, that, hey, we should coin that. Um, the, yeah, it's, 
AI is the future of all of it, I think. Um, you know, I've been trying to learn as much as I can about that. Uh, I use chat GPT all the time, uh, whether it be to be, okay, I need some June video ideas because I'm, you know, I, it's tough to sit there and think about it, you know. Um, what am I going to, what am I going to do a video about today? Or what do I going to, you can type in, Hey, it's June real estate. What are some June real estate videos? And it's like, Oh, June is barbecue month or whatever national barbecue month, which is crazy. And you're like, okay, well I can do a video about that and how we can do how, how we, your house has plenty of lanai space for a barbecue or you've got a built in barbecue out here, you know, it's perfect for barbecue month and just things like that. I think if you're going to look into what the future is, in terms of if you're in real estate, obviously being on social media, being very active there is important. We know that. But AI, learning as much as you can and learning how you can use that to automate processes so that because not everybody can afford to go out and get an assistant that's going to help you with everything or not everybody has a team of people behind them doing everything themselves. So time management is such a huge factor and technology can help with that so much in terms of being able to automate emails or automate your calendar, anything like that that's tedious and takes time. I'm really looking at AI in terms of writing listings, uh, descriptions, things like that. Just yeah. using it, it, it used to take a couple of hours to do it well. You know, it's like writing copy. Now it's like, okay, these are the features of the home. Boom, 10 seconds later you've got it and you and you've saved yourself an afternoon now you can focus on things that are your expertise that require your expertise that you could put on an assistant it's like having a free assistant and as much as that's my that's what i would say is learn as much as you can about ai and how you can use it to streamline your business and that's going to allow you to put your time and energy into the the things that are going to drive business forward while all the tedious behind the scenes work gets taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel the same way too. It's really exciting. <laughs> you know, in, in education, there are a lot of questions about how we have to change the way we teach, um, you know, really? from, a, from a writing perspective, you know, writing a paper uh, kind of perspective. But I think there are so many other skills that we can learn uh, and and uh, or, or share and teach our students and and have them incorporate AI. In Is that a nightmare way. for for teachers? Well, Is it's, AI it's, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think for a lot of them, if they're not willing to embrace it. But you know, it's it's really interesting as a book author. There's lots of conversation about it and how to use it ethically and and what you know what what to do and what not to do. But I think everybody agrees it's fantastic for writing uh, ad copy or oh, yeah. helping you get ideas and do things like that. So I could see in, in, in what you do that it would be uh, a great asset. And I think of it as a graduate assistant, you know, another graduate assistant. There you go. Exactly. A really fast working graduate assistant because it's, it's really amazing how quickly you get stuff back. But um, it's, I think, you know, we're all, we're all trying to figure it out, but it's, it's exciting uh, it's an exciting time. You know, I'm, I'm really curious. I, um, you, we talked already about failure and about challenges, and mm -hmm. I am absolutely certain that playing tennis taught you a lot about how to fail. Oh yeah. <laughs> and <clears throat> so it's a losing I, sport. <laughs> it's a, it's a, you know, there, there aren't any wins without failure. I mean, I think all of us 
agree to most of us agree to that. But failure totally. is pretty scary. You know, fear of failure holds a lot of people back. So I'm I'm just curious if you could talk, um, you know, if you would be willing to talk a little bit about failure and the role it's played, maybe even share a story if you have one and how you mm-hmm. think about failure um, now, um, you know, and how it, how it, the role that it plays in your success. Sure. I mean, the short of it is failure got me here. That's, I mean, that's it. Every, you know, if I didn't fail at everything else, I wouldn't be doing that, what I'm doing. I wouldn't be having success in what I'm doing now. And I still fail every day. You know, you don't get every client you talk to, you know, I still cold call people and cold email people and people tell me, you know, they hang up on you or they tell you never call me again, or they're going to call the police or whatever. And it every day. And that's the huge part of it is just being able to work through those failures and to get to the success, those things, the sick, but the success is so much sweeter when you have failed. So I, I'm not afraid to fail because I know, again, we've said it before, I'm going to learn from it. And that's where tennis, I mean, the tennis, unless you're Roger Federer, you're not going to have this out. You're going to lose a lot more than you win most of the time. And that's the majority of tennis players, I think, and people in a lot of sports, not just tennis, you know, and you just have to continue to move forward and know that you believe in it. And again, go with your gut. And if your gut says, Hey, this isn't it. Your brain's going to tell you when you lose that it stinks and you, that you're going to question everything about yourself and you can't listen to what other people are saying. You can't. And it took me a long time to learn this. And that's probably why I failed at tennis. I probably would have went a lot further with my professional career had I had the mindset of not worrying about what other people were going to think, my parents, other opponents, competition, uh, what have you. You know, I worried a lot about that when I was younger. But you get to a point where you have to just not care. You can't give a crap what other people are going to think. You've got to go with your gut and you've got to stick with it. And failure, I'm trying to think of a good failure story. There's so many. Um, So, okay. So back when I was working at IMG on the side, I started a supplements company. Uh, It was called Gains Only. And it was for pre-workout. It started off just kind of like, we wanted to inspire people to start, go for their goals and this kind of stuff and really got into the coaching aspect of helping people achieve. And, and then, you know, my buddy was like, we should do a pre-workout supplement because we were really big into the working out. You know, I still work out every day, but it's, we were really big into like powerlifting and all this kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, I take pre-workout, but I haven't found one that doesn't quite meet all the needs. One had this, one had that. So what I did was I actually went and tried every single pre-workout that I could find, every different one. I tried it and I wrote down what I liked about it, what I didn't like about it. And then I, I took everything that I liked and I figured out what ingredients in that made all these likes happen. So then we actually came up with the formula for this pre-workout based on all those ingredients. We're like, let's put all these ingredients in here. And what are the ingredients that we didn't, that made things that we didn't like happen? We're not including those. And this pre-workout, I'll tell you, everybody that ever tried it said it was phenomenal. It was amazing. And we got it to launch. Um, we, we got picked up by a store, a chain of stores in Texas, 200 stores. And amazing launch. We sold out in two weeks. They're like, we need more. 
blah, blah, blah. And we're like, we can't keep up with this demand. What's happening? This is going way too fast. It got way too big, way too quickly. And then, you know, at that point in that industry, you can put warning labels as much as you want. But then the lawyers are telling us, okay, you guys are got to get insurance now because you're going to get sued. We're like, what do you mean we're going to get sued? Because somebody's going to drink the whole bottle when it says only take one scoop and they're going to have a heart attack and they're going to sue you. And it doesn't matter that you put the warning label on there or not. And that's going to cost you a lot of money and lawyer fees and all this kind of stuff. And we're like, okay, well, we can't keep up with production and this is going to cost us 30 grand a quarter and all this kind of, we don't have any money and all this kind of stuff. And we ended up having to sell it off, unfortunately. And I consider that kind of a failure. I mean, that's one of the ones where it was like, yeah, okay, we had a little bit of success, but I had a, it was, it was a failure in being prepared for success. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and that was a huge lesson being prepared. So it, it, you can't go into it. You have to go into something, like I said, a hundred percent and you have to be prepared to succeed. You can't go in thinking about the failures. You have to go in thinking about not what if this doesn't work. You have to go, in, well, what if it does work? We better be ready for when it does work because you never know. And now I'm always ready for when it does work. And I'm not thinking about it because if it doesn't work, whatever, I'm moving on, you know? So that, that's my failure story. Uh, I, I absolutely love that one, Aaron. And I think there, uh, no, it's, it's such a great lesson because, you know, I always tell, uh, I always tell students this, you know, that you can, su- success can come too quickly and too soon. And if you're not ready, it can be a colossal failure. And right. you, you've just articulated it in a fantastic way. What a great story. And you know, I think we have to also think about all the, you know, all the factors associated with success and what that means. Um, so there's, a, uh, you know, there's a fear of failure and there's also being ready for success. But I love that. Great story. And, um, you know, it's um, I, I, I love your entrepreneurial mindset. I think, you know, I, I'm guessing you're a pretty optimistic person because, Optimism oh, yeah. is also a big part of the entrepreneurial mindset. And so I'm, I'm excited to hear what you're, you know, what, what are you looking for in the future and, and where are you headed? I mean, what, what are you thinking about? Because you're, you're selling real estate around mm-hmm. the, the Sarasota, Bradenton, Florida, on the West Coast, basically. Yes, ma'am. On the right. Gulf Coast from Tampa any, down to Port Charlotte, you know, anywhere in there is great. Know the area yep. well. So anybody that's listening and and interested in real estate, come on down. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we'll get your contact info here in a minute. But uh, you know, what's the future look like for Aaron uh, May? I mean, where where are you headed, and what do you what do you what do you see over the next few years? So my goal in the next couple of years is I'm gonna get I want to get licensed as a broker, um, and then I want to start you know getting I want to build my business to a point where I can build a team of people, and eventually I want to start my own my own brokerage and we don't even need to be brick and mortar. I want to start more of a brokerage of the future where people can, um, you know, take control of their own business and use my resources to build their own business. And I just want to strictly be a broker of resource for people. And that's kind of my next five to seven years kind of plan is to get a team of people together and uh, really do the broker thing and really expand this out and potentially even branch out of just, real estate and give people resource to do other forms of business, educational, uh, business, you know, cause on, I think online education is the future also. Um, 
you know, not to step on any toes. I, I think your know, college is great and all that, but I think, you know, uh, online education is and entrepreneurship is the way of the future. We're not going to see people needing such high degrees anymore because of all the access you have with the internet and social media and what you can learn from YouTube and everything else. And I think that if people aren't on board with that, then they're going to fall behind when it comes to business. So yeah. that's kind of, that's where I'm headed. Yeah, I don't, you know, you're not stepping on my toes because I agree with you. You know, education is changing dramatically. It's an it's a, uh, institution that's really being disrupted. And I think we have to be ready for it, educators. And I think people are learning in so many different ways. And in fact, this podcast is, is, um, is a new way to learn because people learn through podcasts all the time. I love it. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I listen to them all the time and I'm always oh, learning stuff. All the time. It's, it's fantastic. So, well, I, I love that you're here, that you took the time because I know time is money and, uh, that's yes, a, one resource that, that, uh, that we all have, but we, you know, it's going to differentiate us really how we use our time. And so I appreciate that you took time today to talk to me. I have one last question Thank for you, for you before, before we get to, um, you know, giving your contact info out. If you had sure. one piece of advice, uh, for, for, a student or an aspiring entrepreneur, um, what would that be? Don't be afraid to pursue your passions. Go for it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Um, but you, when you do that, you have to show up every single day and you have to be prepared to work hard and you have to be prepared to fail forward. And, but don't be, if you love doing something, do it and go all in. Don't wait and go, oh, because you're just going to wish that you did. You're going to get to my age and you go, man, if I did that back then, I would. where would I be right now? Don't live your life going, what if? Go, at least I tried. That's my I advice. It. I love it. I love it. And you'll learn something from it for sure. Absolutely. You, can you can't make the wrong choice. No, I love it. I always told my kids, there's no right, there's no one right way to live a life. So we just... We'll, 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 we'll figure it out. Exactly. So, It'll all be okay. <laughs> yeah. So Aaron, thank you again for joining me. Where can so our much. listeners find you, connect with you and, and, uh, learn more about your business and what you do? Um, so yeah, our, the broker website is uh, coastalluxurypartners.com and I'm on all social media. It's Aaron, your realtor, A-R-O-N, your realtor. Uh, that's on all socials. So you can find me at Aaron, your realtor and yeah, feel free to reach out, subscribe and, uh, watch the videos. I do a lot of, uh, not just real estate content. I do a lot of coaching content in terms of business and trying to get people motivated and, uh, because I'm, I'm just a motivator. So I try to try to relate to more than just real estate with people and, um, happy to, happy to help anybody that needs it. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It's been great talking to you. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about entrepreneurship, we would love it if you hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of InFactor.